We are live. Yes. Hello, everybody. We're at the Boston Fan Expo 2023. My name is Dr. Charles Liu. You can call me Chuck. In fact, I would prefer it. And I'm really glad to be here today. We are having a great time with you all. We're going to be talking about the science of science fiction, in particular, brains. All right. Yes. <laughs> How many of you guys have ever eaten a brain? Yes, I see a lot of hands up. How many of you eat in a brain of a, oh, that's getting gross. Never mind. Let's not go in there. Because we have three amazing folks on the panel that are going to tell us all about the brain thing and how we go different places, okay? Number one, farthest off in the end there, we have someone who founded a company named Neurobionics. I mean, isn't that like what we want to do in our lives? We want to found companies called Neurobionics, right? This is Dr. MJ Antonini. Everyone say hello. Uh, MJ, isn't it like the ultimate sci-fi fandom dream to be the co-founder of a company called Neurobionics? Are you guys like the next Star Labs or something like that? Well, not, not right now, but we aspire to be. Yeah. Okay, terrific. So it's a real scientific thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, we are building devices to uh, interface with the brain, spinal cord, nerve, muscle, so small fibers, like the size of your hair, that you can implant uh, in the body and then record and modulate activity. And Amazing. we use that for medical purposes, for research, and oh, someday, for augmentation of augmentation yeah that's what we're here for that's amazing that's cool and it's actually happening today so we can't hear to hear uh, can't wait to hear about the science stuff okay right here to my right is a social media maven who like teaches people like me how to use social media <laughs> everyone please welcome sarah cotton Sarah, thank you so much for being here as a social media expert who trains people like me on how to interpret web data, use the internet for networking and things like that. Uh, which superheroes do you think would be the least happy with Twitter's recent name change? I've thought about this for um, a while, actually, and uh, <laughs> I have two answers. So, two answers. First of all, people who would be unhappy would be somebody who uh, probably finds Elon Musk to not be on the same level as him. So maybe like somebody who once founded a, uh, or built a robot in a cave out of a box of scraps. Uh, he probably wouldn't be super pleased because I feel like he probably would consider him like the same thing as like uh, Hammer's level, like not as smart as him. But somebody who would be excited about the name change yes. would be somebody like Dr. Doom. Because they're, they're going to have the same level of ego. They're going to want their name plastered everywhere. They're both going to like be patting each other on the back. Definitely supervillain status. Sounds great. What if um, there were a super group called the Y-Men? Would they be happy with the change? Uh, great question. Or maybe the W-Men. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the third, and definitely not least, of course, since we got um, Dr. Antonini MJ from uh, that trade school on the Charles River, not to be outdone, we had to bring someone in from Waltham. Uh, please welcome uh, the experimental psychologist, Liam McMahon. Yes. Now, Liam, I don't know if this is relevant to your current research, but uh, I saw that your name was on a paper in the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. It had something to do with something called GABA. Yeah, that uh, stands for uh, gamma aminobutric acid. 
but gamma kind of, what? Aminobutric acid. Whoa, yo, yeah. gamma, gamma, baba, gamma. Yeah, that's what don't we say. bite your friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's kind of that's kind of old news for me though. I don't really do gamma stuff anymore. I'm oh. into magnets these days. Magnets. Yeah. Not maggots. Nope. Not maggots. Okay. They're right. not alive. Magnets. Yep. What do you do with them? You know, play with them and throw them around. Get fired with them. Do but, you stick uh, them on brains? Uh, yeah, kind of. Well, I kind of put people in the magnet. Like, take a big magnet and like carve a hole in it. You uh -huh. put a human in it, and you can use it to like see what's going on in their head. Ooh. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, well, this is just going to be so much fun, and as many of you uh, looking now can understand, uh, with our brain experts here and our magnet experts, we cannot wait to get right into that technology, okay? Uh, let's start with Deus Ex. Now, how many of you have played the, the game series over the years? Yeah, okay. Now, what I want to know from you, MJ, is how realistic are some of those augmentations where you have superior organs stuck into your body. Now, you're talking about augmenting people using brains and fiber optics and things like that. What is that happening? Um, how realistic? So I'd say they are probably like 30, 50 years in the future for some of those. There are some augmentation where basically you can just like stick a sword that's like will unfold into your, from your arm and that's... A sword that will unfold from my arm that's in 50 possible. to 30 years? Like it's, it's mostly like mechanical engineering and then some biocompatibility so that the, the embedded um, armor and embedded uh, sword is not rejected by the body. Wow. And then you just need a, an easy way to activate it and deploy it. Right. That's feasible. The right. activation and deployment, right? Yeah. Okay. So Sarah, let's imagine that you are a social media person and you want to uh, promote the activation of swords coming out of your body. All right, when you just think, how would you use it? Uh, oh. Is there a person that would actually, like, you think would be, like, well, I don't know, like putting armor together on a desert island type guy? On a desert island? <laughs> who, am I, who am I not thinking of? You are not thinking of anybody. I'm just totally pulling this out of my um, ears. Uh. <laughs> I mean, if anything, I feel like you'd want to have, like, a, a character that can, like, maybe throw the sword? Is that like a thing that could happen? Well, I mean, the characteristics has, they have more of a, um, like retractable swords, so they can mm. like fight and retractable. Like, close com combat and then like have them back in their body. Um, How about have, like, claws a, a coming out of, of your hand? I'm sorry? Claws coming out of your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. You could. I see where you're going you with this. You see where I'm going I with this? Okay, with yes. This. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. this science is actually real, which I cannot believe, which is like only 30 years away that we could actually have like a, a full army of... Yeah, I mean, we have, we already have embedded like metal in the body, like any kind of prosthetics is like some like organization of mechanical and material engineering to make the material live in your body and like be happy with your body, which is the hard part. Oh, um, that's right, because there's a rejection issue? There is a rejection issue. Nice. And because of that, like it's the next step is kind of like close, but the problem is that first we need to, like first order of business is like to make sure that everyone is healthy, healthy, and then we can like start thinking about like making oh. people better. Wow. Otherwise, there's going to be too big of a divide of like okay. people getting ahead of others. All right, very cool. Liam, can we make people magnetic? <laughs> like, 
Like you can move magne uh, large metal things? I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be out of work pretty quickly, I think, if people could manipulate magnetic fields in real time and start, you know. But you could probably, if you could have someone who could like see a magnetic field oh. and manipulate a magnetic field, you could probably make like your own MRI without a device at all. You could like image whatever you wanted to and wow. see inside a box that's opaque, but you can see what's inside of it. What is the science of actually augmenting vision at this point? I mean, um, is that something that's actually possible? I'm not sure. The only, the closest thing I can, I know about is like reconstructing like optic nerve, that kind of thing in the event of like nerve Ooh. damage, but that gets into like stem cell stuff and that's, you know, I didn't get, I didn't do that well in biology class. There's a reason I'm in psychology, so. <laughs> that's very exciting. I think that's great. When you said about re, like give, fixing the optic nerve, I immediately thought of Lee Majors in The Six Million Dollar Man, right? Steve Rogers, a man barely alive, blah, 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 blah. Um, that's just a, a prosthetic eye that apparently is better than the human eye. But can that happen? Yes? Oh, I, I, hear, I see nodding from, from over there. In fact, you nodded so vigorously, MJ, Sorry, that I was yeah. hearing it. I mean, yeah. this is, this is a definitely a cool area of research. And there is actually a uh, prosthetic eye that's already on the market that has been developed and that is used to restore vision in certain people. It got approved a couple of years ago, and I think the company went under uh, recently, which is very unfortunate. But there are ways to basically have a prosthetic eye sense light and then you just stimulate either the optic nerve or directly like on the visual cortex and restore vision and there are a lot of very cool work happening in that space wow now this is pretty close yeah I, I think that's fantastic sarah um i'm wondering if you feel like there's a there's an angle here where you're bringing in all this prosthetics into real life and we're asking ourselves well how can we make ourselves into like more than just one like can i look in one eye and then somebody else on the internet can actually see what I'm seeing through my eye, you know, that kind of thing. There's a real technological aspect of that. I mean, that would actually make a really interesting, like, reality TV show in the long run. Ooh. Right? <laughs> like, if you were recording, if you were like a, I don't know, maybe you were a character in the 90s that had her eyes removed and had bionic eyes put in instead, that was reporting back to a villain that was like seeing what was happening in the X-Men mansion the entire time. This is a deep cut, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're totally geeking out on all these things. And, and you may all notice that we're not referring to any individual characters or properties or shows and so forth because we are respecting the strike. Uh, we're trying to make sure, yeah, totally agree. So we're talking very generally, we're talking very, uh, so you guys can sort of fill in the blanks and so forth. If you want to shout things out, you know, uh, that we want to talk about in particular, we just want to let you know that that's kind of things we're talking about. So yeah, so this is a, an amazing situation where you can actually be this other thing. And, and literally, um, how about like a situation where, I don't know, you could actually not remember what was seen like your mind gets split in such a way that like you don't know what you're looking at, but somebody else far away does know what you're looking at, or, or you're using like a whole different like consciousness? What do you think? As far as like that would go in social media or like on with like people thinking about stuff like that? Yeah. I think that that would also make a really interesting reality TV show. You like rewatch <laughs> the things that happened to you and have to figure out if that was actually you or not. Whoa. I would love to do that, that'd be fun. But of course, uh, many of you know that there is in fact uh, stuff right now out there that have to do with 
oh, I don't know, you go to work and then you have, your brain is doing something and then you go home and your brain is doing something else completely. Uh, is, that, is that actually realistic? Liam, what do you think? Uh, I think maybe, yeah. In like a hundred years, maybe like in a, a mouse we could do that, something like what? that. <laughs> and then probably a human. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a matter of, okay, let's figure out what circuits of neurons are responsible for encoding and retrieving some rich memory experience you have. And then figuring out, okay, can we prevent those specific neurons from doing their job at the right time, the time that you would be trying to remember something? Um, now, it might not be a matter of destroying a memory. You don't necessarily want to destroy the neurons. We have a lot of them, but we don't have an unlimited number of them. Um, but, you know, people, I, the funny thing is a lot of the media around memory alteration and, and memory augmentation mm -hmm. is like a lot of sinister hands involved. And yeah, right. Stopping people from remembering things. the right, the truth and that kind of thing. Right. I always thought like in the real world, if we had this technology, I think I would just go home and watch Lord of the Rings for the first time every day. <laughs> <laughs> just Good idea. constantly forget it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we got some applause going on there. Yeah, no, the, the early on, right, Philip K. Dick, uh, wonderful artist, uh, I mean author, right, wrote a short story called We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Uh, which then got turned into a movie, which is really old, uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Total Recall, uh, which turned out, of course, to be uh, containing one of the absolute worst uh, things in the ever, uh, from astronomer's point of view, which I am, uh, about like what happens when there's no atmosphere and then there's suddenly atmosphere and your brain is like being swollen, going. <laughs> Nobody knows what I'm talking about, right? Nobody knows. Oh, there, are, there are people who understand. Yes, that's right, right? Yeah, no, no. If your brain, if, if your face is already bulging because of the atmospheric <laughs> difference and your face is stretched out and your eyeballs are coming out of your ears and things like that, and then suddenly the atmospheric pressure is restored, trust me, you're already dead, all right? But anyway, th th this brings up a good point, right? Uh, MJ, if, in fact, somebody is like crippled or damaged from some sort of injury, can you restore them? Uh, what is the current status of like restorative, um, anti-aging, uh, anti anti-injury type prosthetics and things like that? Okay, there are a lot of different parts of your question. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I'll Pick take one and go yeah, for it. I'll start with uh, uh, injury uh, restoration. Injury. So it kind of depends where the injury is if it's in your brain or in your spinal cord or in your m muscle. And then, yeah, there are a lot of active research uh, helping people that receive, like, for example, if you have a, a spinal cord injury and you're par paralyzed, there are ways to add both electrical stimulation into the uh, spinal cord plus exoskeleton to help the patient like walk again, that is wow. actively ongoing, and it's uh, so there are exoskeletons yeah. now that can actually, like, for example, make non-walking people walk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure a lot of people saw the 2014 um, uh, World Cup, uh, soccer World Cup opening. 2014 World Cup. Okay. Yeah. The United States didn't even make it into that. Yeah, one. I know. It's, right. Uh, but I'm from France. So yeah. So we didn't there. see it. <laughs> <laughs> but France won, right? Uh, or no? No, not, no, no, no. France won in, in, in 18. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, and like the, the 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 a patient actually like on an exoskeleton that was fully paralyzed walked to the center of the field and then like kicked out the, kicked the soccer the ball soccer and it was like the first time a totally paralyzed person went now kicked the soccer ball. Yeah. That's amazing. So the science in that case is not science fiction. It's actually real science. Yeah. It's real science. It's just. 
Wow. It's going to take a decade or so to really go through all the necessary steps to ensure safety and efficacy. Yeah. And then, like, actually get into the... And, and will that soccer ball kicker, like, in 10 to 15 years, like, be able to outrun Lionel Messi? <laughs> yeah? No. What do you think? No? I yes? Yeah. Uh, how about be able to kick, you know, a, a ball at 200 miles an hour, you know, 400... You know, in other words, augmentation to superpower level, right? How many of of that has happened in life or you know where like oh you've been injured don't worry we'll put on something even better and now you have the greatest you know most powerful hand in the world or something like that right is where's that going um it's happening uh it's in research so first we're going to start with mice and then go to like bigger animal and then to humans but there's some cool stuff for like your uh, previous question regeneration wow. and like aging there is some really cool research happening at Harvard and uh, David Sinclair he's doing yes tell us about this David Sinclair at Harvard is doing something ridiculous right yeah well I mean his, his whole lab is focused on aging and anti-aging and he identified a number of ways to slow down aging the one of the most efficient ones actually calorie deficit like eating eat, eating only like 80% of a normal meal in, wow and that's like the best way to like slow down aging, uh, but then he's doing some cool new stuff with s stopping senescence of the cells. So like the cell, each cell in our body will like just grow old and die as uh, a natural process. But there are ways to like stop wow. that, and they are looking into it. We have to do this, Liam. Do you know about like literally creating immortal cells so we could all live forever, basically? Well, maybe not forever, <laughs> but like maybe a really long time. Uh, there is a lot of work going on right now for trying to reverse brain aging. Um, not like totally reverse it, I like, can't make you like a little kid again in your head, but um, some people in the field think that with certain targeted metabolic interventions, we could like reverse early onset uh, neurodegenerative diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's. Wow. Yeah. So that's great. So that's actual real science that's really moving forward. It feels like science fiction, right? I think it's fantastic. What about Sarah, what about, are you literally immortal already? I mean, because of AI, because of uh, like all of our digital trails now, at this point we can just reconstruct ourselves digitally anyway, right? I mean, I hope so. Think I about this. I don't want to live forever. You don't? <laughs> I do not. I want to stay young forever, but I don't want to live forever. Oh, forever young. Yes. I want yes. to be forever young. Or yeah. Or, or if you want the Rod Stewart part, right? We'll ever be forever young. <laughs> he was already older than I was when, when he was doing that. Okay, how many of you would like to live forever? Do you really want to live forever? Yeah, okay. How many of you want to, like, not? Like, how many could, would want to live forever if you could be forever young? Raise hands. Okay, many more people would rather do that. But there's still people who are shaking their heads. I think that's so interesting. You do not want to live forever. Even if you could be young and vital throughout, you're okay with not being, wow. I don't know, what do you think, Sarah? I don't want wrinkles, but I also would, don't want to be here forever. At some point, it's tiring. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I Listen, feel unless you're like, a 800-year-old vampire that's been stockpiling cash away for the last 800 years. What are you going to do? Right? That's true. Like, that's true. Honestly. Well, you could become a doctor and live in Seattle somewhere. Right? I, I'm not becoming a doctor. That's, no? That's not, that's not for me. No. Wow. I think that's fun. Well, it's true. Well, I guess for me, 
I don't know, I, I just love learning and doing so much about everything that I feel like even if I did live forever, I would never learn enough. I would never get bored. I would always have fun. But one thing I would want to do is to have someone with me. I think I would be lonely if everybody that I ever cared about was gone and gone and gone and gone, right? Uh, there, there's actually a movie about that too, which was based on a book uh, from a long time ago. Some guy named Darren Aronofsky did something about that, right? And, and, and do you want to live forever? And there was an astronomical bit linked to that too, which I appreciate very much, and to do with neutrinos. How many of you guys know what a neutrino is? Yes, neutrinos. Uh, yeah, you kind of know. All right, all right, so immortality. Uh, MJ, your comments on immortality and science. And then Liam, I want your opinion too on, on whether that's useful or meaningful to you. What do you think? Um, immortality would be cool, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the same topic of staying forever young is necessary and having everyone alive as well. But then there is um, the topic of like, are we going to be immortal and are we going to reproduce as well? Mm -hmm. Because you have a finite amount of matters and energy in the universe. Right. That goes back to like your topic. Yeah, yeah. So forever might be just a really long time, like till the end of the solar system, you know, five billion years from now. But maybe not like all the way till like all the black holes evaporate. Right. Yeah, and, and, and also it goes to the topic of uh, resources in the universe, like on Earth, like are limited. Oh, that's so right. So if we reproduce and like expand, expand, expand. Oh, expand, that's expand, true. That's we're going to hit a limit. Like that's lobster, true. for example, live forever. Right. But they just die out of either predator or just they run out of food. <laughs> so Food would be good. Right. Uh -huh. Liam, your thoughts. And, and while you're thinking, I will just mention that there is a great social, uh, short story written by a guy named Isaac Asimov. Uh, called The Last Question, which does in fact address the point, what happens if you live forever? You know, it's really kind of cool. And the, and the last two lines that it ends with is fun. It was told that Isaac Asimov's favorite short story, his own personal favorite short story, was The Last Question. And you can find that on the, on the internet, and that works out really well. Liam, your thoughts on immortality and science? So, I have a few thoughts without the science of just like even if you have an immortality, let's say you live forever, and even if you have people with you that you care about, so you don't age out of any you know meaningful relationships. Yeah. What happens in a few billion years when the Earth crumbles away and you just kind of float around in the solar system? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I like that part of it. But in a more practical sense of immortality, I would be okay with it if it be if. Yeah, by the process of obtaining immortality, we could like transcend what it is to be a human. Maybe we become computers somehow. Now that might mean that the physical humans like us die, but our children are pretty much computers that have our copies of ourselves uploaded Ooh. into them. Imagine a network that's structured just like a human brain with All the right. physical resources of the most powerful computer you can think of. Wow. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Yeah. But would that be basically then we all be AIs? Sarah, is that, Sarah, if we're, if we're all networked together because we could be computers and live forever, we're, aren't we essentially all AIs? And, and are, are, does that mean that like our human brains are digital? In other words, can we actually be repeated? I don't know how many of you guys know about quantum computing. Uh, there are some rules in quantum computing that basically say that you cannot actually digitize quantum computing. Because in other words, things are never fully repeatable. But the idea of digital stuff means that you can actually make a copy of my consciousness exactly and then move it on and move it on and move it on, right? That's what our digital current thing is. And that's AI, right? I think it would have to be, right? Because the human brain, like, we make decisions based on things like emotion or, or logic or whatever the case may be. And so if we are in a computer now, how is it going to make those, like something needs to make those decisions for mm -hmm. us. So it's going to have to be artificial intelligence at that point. Wow. 
What kind of technology can we do to make sure that people who are superhuman or you know, immortal or whatever don't do bad things? Like AI, you don't want to hurt ourselves with technology, right? We don't want to create supervillains. Uh, and I know that right now, that's a big deal in the news right now, right? AI technology running amok. Do you, have, do you see, in your professional opinion, any limits at all to the internet at this point? Any ability for us to control it or to tell it to, to stop or to be nice or anything like that? There are no limits to the internet to stop it or to control it. It uh -oh. really comes down to human interaction with things. Uh -oh. We have to make the moral or ethical choices in order to use technology in a moral wow. and ethical way. That's just not an opinion. That's actually a scientific fact. Oh, my gosh. Oh, geez. Liam, your opinion? Same thing or different? How would you, how would you stop I generally it? agree, except I think we could get rid of the Internet. It would just kind of require getting rid of civilization. <laughs> Global thermonuclear war and whatnot. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so we're getting into, like, dystopian apocalyptic things, which I like very much. Well, in fiction, right? So let's talk about that. Um, if you've got a dystopic, well, let's say, a, oh, I don't know. Let's say we're talking about, I, I think we can actually talk about this, even, even respecting the strike rules, right? I think we can talk about um, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. Yes, just a little bit. How many Nausicaa fans are there? How many Nausicaa fans? Yes, there are quite a few. Now, how many of you are, are fans of Nausicaans? You know, the ones that like stabbed Picard through the heart back oh, in 19, yeah, Nausicaans? Okay, Nausicaans, Nausicaa. I think the Nausicaa people win. All right, in, uh, in Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, right, you have a post-apocalyptic kind of world, and the people are augmented. And this was done very early on. For those of you who are not familiar with the anime of the, the great Studio Ghibli, most people think that this was the movie that launched all those things that came from that, right? Night Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, and most recently, uh, the, the last, possibly the last Miyazaki film that was just recently released. Uh, but that kind of thing, right? Post-apocalyptic, now people are augmented bi biomechanically, things like that. Comments on that, how's that for life? Uh, I mean, I think it would be an okay life, excluding all like the weird disease stuff they have going on in Nausicaa. But you know, it's, that's kind of an analog to what would happen in our world if, if there was a you know, nuclear war situation. There could be a nuclear fallout in places and nuclear winter blighting our crops. Um, the coolest thing about Nausicaa to me is that they're living and using a, a technology that they don't really understand. It's left behind by their forebears. Oh. Um, and this has happened in human history before, you know, when, when there's uh, like a civilization compromising event and their books are gone or maybe there weren't books at all and now they have aqueducts they don't know how to use, but they still function, right. really. They know they put the water in the right way and it'll come out. Um, that's the coolest part about Nausicaa to me. It makes me, makes me worry, like, is there going to be like a fallout version of our future, far future where, where people, uh, people uh -huh. are messing around on computer terminals that they don't know how to use, but they're still powered up? Kind wow. Of, it's kind of scary. Whoa. MJ, your thoughts? Getting, getting human beings alive and keeping them going in, the, in a damaged, destroyed world by using technology. Yeah. I mean, so I actually haven't watched Nausicaa. Sorry. So what? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's on the list. It's, okay. on the list. it's on the list. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like if, I mean, the Fallout series, the, the games, like is all about that, like what happened, nuclear winter, and then we lose uh, knowledge of the, like old technologies and we are trying to survive. Um, and at the rhythm of 
science, I think we'll get to a point where we can actually do the thing they're doing with like exoskeleton and like biomechanical um, like systems. Um, I guess the the yeah the, the scary part is like if you don't know where it's from, you can't really like maintain it, and then like <laughs> even though you will survive, it will like progressively yeah right uh, disappear. So, so based on the augmentation, the brain computer interfaces that you're working on right now in your lab, which is called again, please say this name. This is too cool not to say. <laughs> so Neurobionics, a company called Neurobionics. I mean, this is amazing. Yes, how long? Can your technology last before it has to be repaired or replaced or anything like that? So we've so most of our work, all of our work has done been done in animal, and in animal we've placed those devices for like a year, two years, and oh. and they were still like working fine, recording activity, modulating neurons, um, and the only reason why we haven't done longer is because we haven't had the time to do it yet. Wow. So brain-computer interfaces, even today in modern science, oh, yeah. are lasting more than a year. Years. Oh, yeah. oh decades. 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 Like, yeah. There are, there are a lot of uh, uh, patients uh, that are completely locked in with an array on the head, and then they can control. The array stays on their head for like no more than like 40 years or like 30 wow. years. And then they like work, and I mean, the, the array work, and then they can control a robotic arm to like get water, grab a piece of chocolate, like it's, uh, it's real life. That's science. amazing. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this incredible technology concept and also the brain thing, and Liam, your research also has to do with like mapping the brain using magnets and things like that. Let's say I am diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease like next week, okay? Can I immediately start augmenting my brain and putting things on and making maps and so forth, so that A, for example, I will live longer, B, my brain can still work, even if I can't speak, people can still see or think about what I hear and say, and then can I still like surf the web, right? I mean, one at a time, what do you think? Um, so Alzheimer is a tricky disease, a neurodegenerative disease, so you could place an implant and then start learning how to use this implant to control your computer, your iPhone, whatever, and that definitely is possible. Uh, I think to copy your, or like to uh, upload your brain is a totally different matter. Because like, as human, we're a lot more than our brain. Like, even your whole identity is your brain and your body. Yeah. Uh, in a yeah. sense that your cells of the brain are connected to every part of your body, to your gut, to your hands, the sensors and everything. So wow. if you just take out the brain, it's not you anymore. It's, oh. it's a subset ooh, of you. Ooh, if it's out of your brain, is it not you anymore? Now we're getting to something that I love the most, but <laughs> I can't talk about it too much. It's the, uh, the problem in identity metaphysics known as the ship of Theseus. Ah, uh, yes, right? Of course, the ship of Theseus is an artifact in a museum. Over time, its planks of wood rot and are replaced with new planks. When no original plank remains, is it still the ship of Theseus? Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> okay, all right, we've got some questions coming up in a moment, and so, but Liam, what's your take on that? You're using augmentation so that we can actually continue to communicate. So I probably couldn't give you any augmentations, but there are some people who've developed brain-to-brain -brain interfaces. Brain-brain, not yeah. even brain-computer. Imagine someone holy. else being can be able to control your arms or your legs. Um, that's, 
that's kind of limited in the context of Alzheimer's disease. Someone can't remember something for you, of course. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, what they would probably do in terms of augmentations would be a pharmacological intervention. They'd give you some drugs um, to slow the progression of the disease. Ooh. But something called an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor comes to mind. Acetylcholinesterase. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, wonderful. Let us thank our panel once again. MJ Antonini, thank you so much for being here. Founder of Neurobionics, Inc. Liam McMahon, experimental psychologist from Brandeis University. Thank you so much. And social media specialist, Sarah Cotton. Thank you all for being part of the Luniverse. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for enjoying our panel from Boston Fan Expo 2023. There's even more of this panel, including questions from the live audience, available right now for patrons of the Luniverse on Patreon. So if you like what you see, please support us on Patreon. And as always, thank you for being a part of the Luniverse.